Blau und Weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Willkommen zum das einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. Thank you for joining us back. Uh, Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, uh, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. As always, joining me on the show is co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, uh, how are we doing on this uh, Sunday evening? Well, the weather's finally getting nice here in the Chicago area, so I'm in good spirits because of that, despite some of the results this week. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing all right. I am exhausted. Uh, I went to the watch party over in uh, Columbus, man. That was uh, that was some that was some fun, but uh, a lot of driving. I think it took me like nine hours to get there. Friday night, and then uh, Saturday was a little bit easier, six hours. So you can't question the dedication of the Schalke podcast. We do what we got to do. That's right. It was uh, it was a lot of guys, a lot of people were asking me like, "Oh, uh, where are you where are you from?" I'm like DC. They're like, "How'd you get here?" I'm like, "Driving." Like, you drove here? I'm like, "Yeah, man. It's not that bad. It's only six and a half hours." <laughs> I didn't tell about the whole nine hour commute thing, but you know, whatever. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, you know, I want to thank Columbus, you know, for hosting the watch party last Saturday. Uh, special thanks to Schalke, of course, for putting on the event. Uh, I also want to take time and thank the hosts of the Germania Society of Columbus. They were the hosts for this event. Um, their their staff they gave me an excellent tour before the event started. They gave me history on the establishment. Uh, told me about all these events that go on there. It's a uh, uh, really, really nice people that work there, and it uh, seems like they have a lot of fun there. I wish uh, I lived a little closer, Jack, uh, to attend some of these events. Uh, unfortunately, we live just a little too far. I think it's smack dab in the middle of the both of us. Yeah, it's about six hours for me as well. I was at the one, I think it was in December, and yeah, it took me right around that, that same amount of time, so... Well, uh, let's. Uh, well, the reason we're here, uh, like I said, it was a lot of fun. We were, we were there for a specific reason. It was because of the Eintracht game. But before we get into that, Jack, we had a little bit of uh, the DFB Pokal to get into. Um, it wasn't the greatest of uh, days games for us, but uh, that's been the theme for this year. So uh, give us a recap of what happened uh, against Werder. Yeah, well, as we know, Bremen's been fantastic. This season, um, they've given us issues when we played them earlier. Uh, and so I think going into both these games, really, not just Brandon, but also the Frankfurt game. I, I mean, what we said on the podcast last week is that we didn't really expect to get a result in either of these. Um, and unfortunately, that's the way it went in the Brandon game. Uh, we hung in there uh, for the better part of the match. I want to say they didn't score their first goal until like, was it like the 80th minute almost or something like that? Maybe I'm underestimating that. Maybe it was like 70 or something like that. But um, yeah. I mean, we kept them off the scoreboard, which is the main thing. But, I mean, it, you got to take advantage of your chances. And we had, I think, more than 10 shots on goal. So that in terms of the I – mean, not on goal, the just shots total, um, a lot of them weren't on goal, though. So, I mean, if you're going to get into the final third and try to get something going – Bremen has scored, I think, it's still in every match this season. I didn't see what they did this weekend um, in, in their Bundesliga match. But, uh, I mean, they've been on this incredible run where, like, you know that they're going to score a goal. So if you don't score a goal against Bremen, you're going to lose. Um, you're not you're not going to be able to draw this, take it to extra time or penalties or something like that. And you know, the longer this game went on, we kept failing to capitalize on our chances. You just knew that at some point Bremen was going to break through because they always do. And uh, yeah, that's what ultimately happened. Um, two pretty good goals as well. Uh, Chipka uh, made a bad pass on the first one. Ball gets to Milo Rashica, who took a fantastic strike from outside the box. Not a whole lot that people can do about it. It was a really, really good goal. I mean, you got to give credit to him. And uh, the second one uh, started off on the left-hand side. Um, Salif Sané kind of lost track of uh, Davy Klaassen, and the ball kind of got chipped over to him. And Davy Klaassen, that's a, this is a really good goal as well. Um, this ball is coming in over kind of his left shoulder, and he hits it with the outside of his right foot to the far right corner. Uh, past Newell, and uh, that was a really clever finish as well. So two pretty good goals from from Bremen, and been the story for a while. Not enough firepower for 
for Schalke and we get knocked out of the DFB Pokal in the quarterfinal round, uh, one round shy of where we finished last year in the semifinal with all that drama regarding the uh, the disallowed goal in the last minute and all that kind of stuff. So um, decent cup run, though, you got to say, uh, especially given where we've been the rest of the season domestically. Um, so you got to be proud of that. Uh, would have liked to go a little bit further, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Bremen's just a better team than us this year. So not surprised with the result. Yeah, yeah, and for a while I thought that we were going to do uh, maybe a turn of fortunes and, and maybe get a result in this one because it, it was 0-0 for the longest time. But um, like you said, that Rashidska goal was was amazing and nothing anybody could have done about that. And then Klassen followed that up with a wonderful uh, outside-of-the-boot uh, deflection goal. So uh, tough defeat. Um, I mean, you know, I watched the game before that, or uh, yeah, just before that, and it was the um, the Bayern against Heidenheim. And we talked. Well, I guess we previewed this before, just really briefly. And um, I thought Frank Schmidt would give you know Byron some trouble, but I did not expect a 5-4 match to turn into an epic match. And I was hoping maybe Shaka would be able to uh, step up and get some goals as well. And, uh, but it was a good game nonetheless. So we lost. Um, so Verda, they move on. Uh, Byron, they move on as well. Um, so yeah, we're out of the DFB Pokal. I mean, now we can just say there's no excuses. Now we have to focus on the Bundesliga going forward. Uh, we need to, with you know, six games plus this past weekend game to to uh, to handle, and um, yeah, it's important now to all eggs in the basket. No excuses now, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be super upset that we got knocked out at this point. Obviously, we would like to win it, but um, I mean, I think I think last year's semifinal loss was a lot more disappointing um, yeah. because we were so high up on the table at this point. I, I think everyone's going to be totally fine with it, just focusing 100 percent. On the uh, the Bundesliga campaign, no more midweek cup games or anything. You know, we have to rotate the squad and extra potential for fatigue and injury and that kind of stuff. We can focus 100% on the Bundesliga and try to pick up the points that we need to avoid relegation here at the end of the season. Now that's well said, Jack. And um, you know, this next game that we were going to get into is the Eintracht match, which was this past Saturday. And you know, to honor our friends over at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast, both Jack and I, we we're talking chocolate, so we're drinking tonight. Um, I got Jack and Coke for me. Jack, what are you drinking tonight? A little Jefferson's Reserve. Pretty nice bourbon. Very good. It's a good memory. We're not going to pour one out anyone for our homies, but exactly. Cheers, mate. <laughs> uh, but we're not going to pour anything out. We're going to drink this because it's a uh, blasphemy if we, if we pour anything out. But um, we do have to get to the game. And then the game we're going to get to, obviously, is uh, Eintracht. Eintracht came into this game in pretty, you know, really good form, actually. They're, they moved back up into the top four of the table. Uh, they had won their last five going into this one. Uh, Schalke on the flip side, literally come on the flip side, uh, one point from their last four home matches. Jack, this is not the form you want to go to coming to the end of the season. If it's in the beginning of the season or middle of the season, it's somewhat excusable. But end of the season when, when all the points matter, uh, that's not the way you want to end it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. It's been pretty brutal recently, and uh, this week we played two really good teams, so not the ideal time to be in that kind of form against these these opponents. No, no, it certainly isn't. And um, let's get into the uh, lineups real quick because uh, both teams, well, we know what Schalke brings, but uh, Eintracht bring, brought a really strong lineup, as they always do, because uh, a really good team there. So in goal, they had Kevin Trapp. In defense, they had Danny DaCosta, Jetro Willems, David Abraham. Uh, then they had uh, Martin Hintriger. Jelson Fernandez, Makota Hasabi, Jonathan de Guzman, Filip Kostic, Ante Rebic, Luka Jovic. So it wasn't quite the three-headed monster, but yet Kostic is still a beast. Uh, so I guess you could say it's a variation of the three-headed monster. No Haller in the lineup. Uh, for Schalke, uh, Alexander Nubel gets a start once again. In defense, you had Benjamin Stambouli, Bastian, Bastian Ochipka, Jeffrey Bruma, Matija Nastasic. In the midfield, you had Omar Mascarel, Nassim Bujalab. Uh, Swat Serdar, Daniel Calagiri, and up top you had Guido Bergsteller and Briel Mbolo. Um, having Nassim Bajula in the lineup, uh, it was a welcome sight to see. And also, um, also on the bench, uh, some 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 names that were I was ha- at least happy to see was uh, George Timoteo, is the Australian, again uh, again in the lineup because uh, Salif Sani was out with an injury. Jonas Carls was in the lineup as well. Robbie Matando was back in the lineup uh, in, in the, on the bench as well. So um, good, good youngsters on the bench there. But uh, tell us about uh, Bujalab and how excited you were to see him uh, get another start. Well, clearly he's impressed Hoop Stevens quite a bit because um, he's kind of exploded onto the scene here since Stevens took over. Um, 
I mean, personally, I would rather see Katushu in the starting lineup than, than Bujaleb, but I appreciate the fact that we're playing some youngster and trying to inject something new um, into the lineup. So, uh, and he was, uh, he was, he's been decent overall. I think he's, you know, he's lively. He's trying to get some stuff done. Um, he didn't impress me as much in the Hanover match, I think, when he came in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he, he's, he's been all right in this one for sure. Uh, I mean, the big thing for me was Daniel Caligiuri coming back. Um, I didn't expect to have him back this soon at all. I think he's only been out like a month or so, and he had like a ligament tear or something like that. It was crazy. I kind of ex- I, I fully expected him to be out till almost the end of the season, if not for the rest of the season. And so to have him back this early has been was great. I thought he played pretty well. He's such an important figure for us, and um, you know, not having to play McKenny or Stambouli at that right wing back position is is massive because we're not really maximizing that position when we have people like that in there. So good to see him back. I think we both were talking about it a couple pods ago that you know it was a big loss to have Caligiuri out for the season uh, with that kind of injury, which we thought at least at the time, and you know, for him to come back was was big, like you said, and um, it, was, it was a welcome sight, no doubt about it. Um, I thought Shaka got off to a shaky start in this one. Um, it started off early, uh, I think four minutes in, off a Shaka turnover. Uh, Danny DaCosta came and got the ball, uh, swung it in. Uh, across right into the open Luka Jovic uh, he gets a shot which is superbly stopped by Nubel uh, great reaction shoulder save there um, this is you know we talked about this last week one of the main reasons why we we like Nubel so much is not only distribution but his reactions are just you know it's what you expect for or I guess is not what you expect from a youngster like him He's been great since the international break. Um, when he came in earlier in the season, when that Fairman change initially happened, um, he had some good performances and some shaky performances, and you know he, he had made a couple mistakes that were similar to the mistakes that Fairman was making. But since this international break, I think he's been phenomenal. He played well in the Hanover match, um, and he had a couple massive saves um, in, in this Frankfurt match, and that was just the first of them right off the bat. Yeah, and exactly. And uh, so it was great save right there. I mean, we needed it because. Uh, uh, had he not, not he made that save, would have been down one nothing early. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, just nine minutes later, Frankfurt would get on the would get the lead. And it was uh, Kostic, uh, who's been a great playmaker this year, plays it in for Ante Rebic. He gets behind Nastasic. Uh, then he dances around Nubel and puts in puts home the opener one nothing. Jack, this is like emblematic of what our defense has been like all year. We we fall asleep and the team just, other teams see it and take advantage of it instantly and uh, Nasasha gets burned and, and Nubel not much he could have done he got some hands on it but uh, Ante Rebic um, he's he's good on the ball and he he got the ball and got the goal in so um, not a, not the way you wanted to start 13 minutes into the game. Was it the sausage? I thought it was Stambouli that like tried Maybe to slide Stambouli. on. Him. Yeah, it was one of those two. Um, and he just got past him, but. Uh... It's a good ball into Rebic, and then Rebic, phenomenal footwork. He had this, like, this. he dragged the ball left to get around Nubel, and it was, when you watch that full speed live, it is so silky. It reminds me of Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it was it was a great, yeah, I mean, it, disappointing, but, you I mean, you you watch that, you, just, you love the skill that some of these Frankfurt attackers have. It's 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 a really special attack, and they're still fighting in, in uh, the Europa League, if I'm not mistaken, so... Um, Great season for them. They've been they've been fantastic. But yeah, shaky start to the match, and then obviously um, falling behind early. Not what we wanted to see, but you know, what are, what are you going to do against that? It's, I mean, Frankfurt's pretty phenomenal this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, before the match, Danny DaCosta was talking about how he was hoping uh, Frankfurt would make the Europe, Europa League finals this year. That would have been a, a, another another a cherry on the top of everything else. If you know, you know the way how well the season's going this year. They're in the Champions League currently, and and uh, Champions League place, I should say, and. Uh, they're playing really well. They've got to be one of the favorites now, the way they've been playing um, in Europa League. So, um, yeah, this team is very potent attacking-wise, even if they don't have Haller. Um, so minutes later, Rebic almost scores again. He had another opportunity as a backheel flick that went just wide. Um, it seemed to be all Frankfurt in the beginning, Jack. Uh, what seemed moments later, uh, Hentereger, uh with a David Beckham-type audacious attempt from midfield, nearly goes in, uh, but a quick re- quick reacting Nubel um, gets back and last ditch effort saves it from going out or going in the goal so um, I, I, when I when he kicked it I was like it's a goal it's a goal yeah, it was uh, I think it was a somewhat uncharacteristically wasteful performance from Frankfurt their attack yeah it was there but it just seemed to not really have the final piece to the puzzle in this one much to our benefit because they I think they you know they could have had several goals in this match and whatever for every reason they weren't able to convert them but I mean they had like 
I think at least 15 shots or something like that, and a decent number of those on target. Um, they just, yeah, they just couldn't convert for whatever reason. So we got we got lucky to some extent because on a different day, you know, they might have had, you know, three passes or something like that. Yeah, um, they kept us in the game, and uh, luckily they did because uh, 21 at the 21 minute mark, uh, rough right around there. Um, it was a free kick for Schalke, uh, our bread and butter, right? Well, at least for last year. Uh, Caligiri with a free kick. Mbolo gets ahead on it. Kevin Trapp makes a save. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately for him, uh, his save and the rebound goes right to Swat Serdar. Uh, the man is on fire as of late. He slots home between the legs of the keeper. Uh, that's two goals in two games for Serdar. Uh, great way to pounce that in because I, when I, you know, knowing our luck, when I saw that rebound go up to us, I'm like, I'm not sure if that's going to work, but I mean, Good on uh, Serdar for for putting it back in net with with efficiency. Elite goal scorer, Suat Serdar, just unrivaled. I mean, I love it though. I'll tell you what. I mean, this point in the season, there's been so many players who have had poor seasons. Obviously, the team as as a collective has been has been poor, and you really need somebody at this point of the year to just step up and uh, take control and, and you know and get something done for us. And Seward Serdar, since the international break, has been that man. Scored his first goal of the season against Hanover. Um, played pretty, pretty well in that game. I think he played well in, in this match as well and gets another one here. Um, and obviously, you know, it, it just kind of fell to him. He didn't do anything special to set that up. It was a nice header from Mbolo. Um, but, uh, yeah, a huge goal. And you love to see Serdar getting on the scoreboard and, and, and having good performances in the midfield. It's, it's, it's massive this time of the season. If we can start getting some improved performances from players that are, I mean, let's be honest, they're totally capable of it. I mean, like, yeah. we talked preseason, some of these guys coming in, like how excited we were about Serdar and, and Rudy and everything, and uh, and even Mascarell, who's improved, I think, since since the international break as well. He's been better in that, that deep six position. Um, these guys are capable of, of being totally adequate, if not above average, and, and, you know, pretty good Bundesliga players. And for whatever reason this season, they just haven't been that. But, uh, you know, they seem to be turning the corner. Obviously, it's too late for that to make – a huge impact on where we're going to end up in the table, but it could avoid, it could keep us from going, going the wrong way uh, here at the end. So yeah, I'd love to see that great equalizer. Um, we scored a goal at home. Who would have thought? <laughs> we hadn't scored a goal at home in like five matches or something like that. It just, it's just been so brutal offensively. So uh, that was great to not let that game go go too long without pulling something back. You could definitely feel that changed, you know, the momentum a little bit and the energy in the stadium. So that was that was awesome. Yeah, I know, and uh, you know. To, to touch back more on on Swat Serdar, I thought he had a pretty good game. He made some silky moves throughout the game. There's one play in particular where he had like two or three guys on him. He made some like spinorama move, um, kept the ball, and then fed it wide for another opportunity for Schalke. I think for uh, Bergsall or somebody. Uh, but yeah, he's he's gaining in confidence. And I remember saying this when I was at the bar. I was like, it's funny what confidence can do to a player. And uh, beginning of the season, something like that, he would easily turn it over and it would go the other way. Uh, but this time he ke- he was able to keep it and um, yeah it, it, it led to another opportunity. I think Swatzerder had a a pretty good game overall. Since you mentioned Guido Bergstahl, real quick, how is a guy that slow, constantly offside? I know, right? <laughs> People in Zagi used to do that for Milan too. He so. is always offside. I mean, he's, he's been like that for a long time. But this match again is like he's like. It's so, it's so frustrating, dude. Just stay on side. I mean, maybe because he's slow, he's cheating a little bit to try to get a little bump. But I mean, I I, I think he would, I, I, at least three times in this match and all the time. Just stay on side, dude. Seriously. I mean, I don't know. I, I love Bergstaller. I think he's been um, better than a lot of people expected since we picked him up. But I would have. Who Stevens hates Katuchu? I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I was saying that on Twitter. Katuchu's great. I like him a lot. Uh, I think arguably. He is. I mean, I think he has the potential to be the best striker on the team. I think right yeah. now he's probably one, one, or maybe like second best next to Mbolo. I think he's certainly better than you know Bergstein. I mean, you saw him come into the Hanover match, played out of position in midfield, and he like immediately looks like the most competent midfielder on the pitch. The kid just has good skills. I mean, he's a great yeah. academy product, and I would have loved to see him start ahead of uh, Bergstein on the situation. I know we had Bujalev on the on the pitch, which is great, but um, dude, free Katuchu, seriously. I mean, like. I don't know why Stevens hasn't been impressed with him. Um, like when he didn't play in the Bremen match midweek, I was like, oh, he's probably just resting him to start him against Frankfurt, and then he didn't start him against Frankfurt. And I'm like, yeah, come on, guy. Anyway, that was a quick aside. Yeah, stay on side, Bergstaller. It's uh, it's fine to toe the line, but he's like way offsides uh, at times. 
A couple of plays were, were tight, but I mean, there's some plays where he was off by like yards off. I'm like, dude, come on. You can see the, you can see the last defender. You know, line it up. Come on, buddy. Um, as far as Katucha goes, yeah, we I was talking to people at the bar and we're saying like, you know, Shaka's not only got to, you know, start this guy, but they got to keep him long term, uh, do what you can to make sure you extend him long term, long term. Cause this kid has, um, the Shaka spirit in him. He fights for every ball. He makes, he makes things happen, you know, when you think there's no, no, nothing there. So, um, he's someone we definitely need to keep, uh, for the future. Uh, no doubt about that. So, um, there's a moment I want to talk about. Um, well, obviously, you know, the goal, um, was a, was kind of like a change for Schalke in this game. I thought it was, it was big that they got the goal when they got it. Uh, cause Schalke were playing very shaky at the beginning. Um, it was pretty much all Frankfurt going up until the 20, 21st minute. Uh, after that, Schalke started getting into the game more. Um, but before we, you know, we talk more about this momentum, I want to just talk about real quick. The 25th minute, uh, Swat Serda, the guy who scored the goal, he ends up picking up a yellow card for plowing into Hentereger. Uh, he would ultimately come off in the substitution before the end of the half. Um, yeah, he just plowed through him. I, it looked like it was maybe a collarbone injury or something. I don't know, but, uh, Serdar, uh, a little rash in the beginning. I mean, you can give a guy, you can say that, but, you know, usually when a guy gets a yellow card, you try to make sure they're, they're smarter going forward. And he just didn't have it today. He was a little too aggressive, I think. I mean, aggressively and off, in the offensive side was great, right? He was, he was doing some things, but defensively, you know, when you're on a yellow, which he got in the 25th minute. You want to make sure you back it off a little bit and, and play smart. Uh, he did it for most of the game, but um, we'll get to that incident later. Um, yeah, uh, first half, one nothing Schalke, or 1-1, I should say. Um, if you look at the shots and goal, it was pretty fairly even for Schalke's sake. I mean, yes, uh, Frankfurt had better off the opportunities, but Schalke had some good opportunities in the first half, I thought. Um, in the second half, really, uh, Schalke were getting into the game, but I thought Frankfurt were getting a lot more opportunities as well. I mean, overall, you were talking about how many shots um, Eintracht were having. I think the shot-wise, they had something like 20 shots on goal in the in this game. Um, I, on the one, I mean, inside the box, they had at least seven to eight shots that were inside the box. I mean, that's that's scary. I mean, if if a lot of these shots are coming from outside the box, you're like, okay, whatever. But the fact that they're able to get inside the box for Schalke and get so many opportunities. Um, it says something about the defense. Defense used to be our bread and butter, and this year it just seems that we're just leaking in plays and guys are getting a lot of open plays, open shots uh, from inside the box. Yeah, like I, like I said earlier, I think Frankfurt could have scored a couple more. I think they were slightly wasteful. But, um, you know, overall in this one, and I think since the international break, the defense has been better than it had been under the last few matches of Tedesco, I mean, like we we only we only lost one nil to Leipzig, uh, we won one nil to Hanover, uh, two nil to Bremen, but one of those goals is just you know that's going to happen every now and then, and it's not really a, a big defensive issue. It was a giveaway from Ochipka that was just completely unforced, which was what caused it. Um, but I don't really put the defense defense at fault for that one. Um, and then uh, yeah, and this one, I mean, I, I don't know. So I I think one goal to Frankfurt. And two goals to Bremen is not that bad, given how good those teams have been offensively this year. Um, so I do think there's been an improvement recently, which is promising, and we absolutely need that coming into the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, major step back this season from where we were last year as a defensive unit, where that was, you know, one of our one of our strengths, for sure. Uh, some of the, some of the notable substitutions uh, came that came in after the... Uh... After halftime, obviously we, we mentioned that Hentereger had to, had came off uh, with an injury. Um, Evan Nadishka would come on in the 38th minute, but then at halftime, Gonzalo Paciencia uh, came on the 46th for Jonathan de Guzman. Was obviously a tactical move there. Um, some other substitutions that came in the game, at least for Schalke's side, Riel Ambolo would come off in the 66th minute for your man Ahmed Katuchu. and then Nassim Bujala uh, in the 79th would come out, and then Sebastian Rudy would come in. So that was a a little bit of a head scratcher for me because at that point I'm thinking you need to get try to go for a goal, but I'm guessing uh, uh, Hoop Stevens was looking to shore up the defensive end, I guess, um, with that substitution. But um, let's go back to the goalkeeper Nubel, um, Super Nubel as they're, as they're calling him on, on Chalka Twitter. Is he made some big saves in the game? One, one save was on Daniel Caligiri's uh, near own goal. Uh, he gets his palm out there. Another one, Gonzalo Paciencia, you know, minutes after coming into the game. Uh, he gets a header on it, uh, down low. Nubel gets that, gets his paw on it. So uh, Nubel made some big saves in this game. And as you said, it kind of go back to what you said earlier. 
he's been getting stronger as, as the more opportunities he's getting, and it's kind of what you want to see. We knew this guy had talent. Um, he's just showing it now, and he's really what he at that moment at least he was the guy who was keeping the team in the game. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a couple. I mean, good defenses are good defenses, but I, I think you know some of the most successful defenses you'll see also happen to have a really good keeper who yeah. once or twice a game make a save that maybe they shouldn't make or wouldn't be you know required to make that keeps something out that otherwise might have gone in. And I think you know we've seen Fairman be that guy in years past for us and, and come up with big saves time and time again. Hasn't done that as much this year, but Newble, like we said recently, last few matches has, has you know stood up big time. And uh, he's been huge. He's made multiple saves in pretty much every game that have been uh, some great reaction saves and, and kept us in it, which is, which is huge. Yeah, that's true. And I thought for overall in this game, I thought the team played uh, pretty well, pretty compact. They, they, while they gave up a lot of shots, um, you know, Anubal was making some big saves. The team had some opportunities on their, of their own and, and on the other side. So it's, you know, it's one, one games drawn near the end. And you're thinking, okay, Shaka may get a point out of this. It's not a bad point to have because Frankfurt's been playing really well. We've been playing really poor at this point in the season. Uh, any point will do. Uh, you prefer three, but one's better than none, right? Um, and then in the 90, uh, first uh, the side judge pulls up, what, four minutes of stoppage time or something like that. Um, and I think in that third or fourth minute of, of stoppage time, Swat Serda ends up picking up his second yellow. Uh, he steps on, I want to say it's Kostic, but I, I'm not positive. Um, it is a, a second yellow. He gets a red card. At the time when that happened, I'm thinking, yes, it's a stupid play. However, luckily it's the end of the game. It's not going to come and come to bite us. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't matter what time of game it is. When you're already on a yellow card, you do not need to do something silly like that. And I get he was going for the ball. He wasn't intentional. But you got to be careful when you're already on a yellow card. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think the ref had to give a yellow card there, honestly. I mean, yeah, he, ste- he, he stepped on him, but, like, he wasn't intentionally taking someone down to keep them from getting in a good position. It was, you know, it was it was a pretty um, run-of-the-mill foul. Uh, so I mean, I know that he had the, the first one, but that seemed like at that point in the game, you could just you know let the game run out without calling that. Um, but yeah, he he goes off, and then that ended up being big because you could argue yeah. that, that 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 card allowed the ref to add a little bit of extra time, maybe like another minute or so on top of that four, and in that extra minute, um, we had some action. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think it's Luka Jovic has, has taken the shot. Um, there's a bunch of Shaka players in the box. Um, the shot hits somebody and goes wide. All of a sudden, every Frankfurt player is calling for handball. All right? And I'm thinking, what the heck are you talking about? You're just trying to get a call here at the end? Who are you, Shaka? Uh, <laughs> and so the play goes around. Everyone's in his face. Referee goes to VAR. They, and when they show the first replay, I said, oh, crap. We just got screwed here. And and that, and that screwed in the sense, well, some people are saying this. Some people are saying, you know, the DFB are going after us and trying to make sure we intentionally lose and get relegated. Um, I, and I, I'm curious what your opinion is on this, but I personally thought uh, when I first saw the first replay that um, while Caligiri's back was turned towards the shot, his hand was out there and it hit his hand. And I'm thinking, oh, that's a terrible time to give a penalty away. I don't think he had to give that penalty, but I, I can, I'm fine with the call. It just sucks that it happened at such a late junction of the game. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that and the whole play there. Yeah, you could argue that his his hand was in an unnatural position, quote unquote. Um, it wasn't like fully extended. It was, it was right. kind of like I don't know. I mean, yeah. Uh, and it definitely definitely wasn't intentional, but right. uh, I mean. It's one of those. It's one of those ones where if they give it, you can't be that upset about it just based on that. But, but. however, um, the more times I've seen this, the more upset I've gotten with it. And the reason for that is the whole reason Daniel Calajuri is in that body position is because just before the shot, David Abraham pushes him, like literally two hands shoves him, and he gets knocked backwards. Ah, and, and as a result of that. His hand is in that position. If you watch that play, David Abraham pushes him, and you know because Calgary's hands were not in that position. He was like, you know, he was marking him, and as he gets knocked backwards, he kind of like, you know, gets. That's why it's like that. And I and I think 
I mean, I don't know if you can call like a foul on Abraham for doing that. Like, I, I, w- I don't think I would have like stopped the play and called a foul, but I also don't think I would have given a penalty. Right. If the reason the guy is in that unnatural position is because an opponent, you know, shoved him essentially. So I think for the referee to make that call in that context in stoppage time is a pretty ballsy decision and one that I disagree with. And I think that Schalke fans and the player should absolutely feel very hard done by because, um, you know, they they hung in their home against a team that's much better than them. And I think they, you know probably deserved a point out of it you know like we said earlier frankfurt might have scored a couple more on a different day but yeah overall i think they played pretty solidly and did what they had to do to see that match out and uh it got stolen from them right at the end i mean like i said his hand wasn't in, in, in kind of an unnatural position but i don't think it was his fault that it was there and i think given how he got to that position it's it's kind of bullshit that the ref made that call so uh and you saw how upset Hoop Stevens was <laughs> yeah. yeah but like there was a bunch of schalke fans like surrounding the official after that match yeah Ended and um, Hoop Stevens went in there and started pulling the Schalke players back. And continued to berate the refs. Well, so I, I thought he was doing that, like, hey, like, stop giving the ref a hard time. Like, let's get out of here. No. But he was pulling them back so that so he, he could do it. <laughs> I loved it. Which was That's pretty my man. He was, yeah, he, he was heated. Anyway, but yes, uh, uh, Luka Jovic steps up to the penalty spot and, uh, and, and puts it away after as much stalling as, as Schalke players can manage. Guido <laughs> Bergstahl with the yellow card? Yeah, yeah, Berkshire got the yellow for time, wasting everything, trying to keep him from taking it. Yeah. Um, it's ultimately a really good finish. You know, uh, Nubel actually guessed right and yeah. was it was right on it. Too powerful um, of a shot. Yeah, it just went slightly too high, like right under the bar, and Nubel's hand was just, you know, it was right there. But, uh, yeah, Bruno to lose a match. It's just kind of like, it kind of sums up our whole season, doesn't it? Like, this is the kind of stuff, man. Like we just Last year we would have won this type of game. Now we're yeah. losing it this time, so. Yeah, man, absolutely. I, I, had absolutely the, I had the... Did not I didn't I didn't have the benefit because I was at a bar watching the game so I was watching the game live and I didn't I didn't see the Abraham play at all all I saw is the replay one time and I said I just saw the handball I said okay it's a penalty see I didn't see that if, had I gone home and watched the replay again and yeah. I saw that I probably would have just as pissed off as you because now that I'm just hearing what you're saying I'm like that that I can see why everyone else is pissed off um, like you said people were circul- circulating the referees and, and getting in their face and uh, I gotta love Stevens, you know, for not only pushing the guys away so they don't get in trouble, but he gets, continues to berate them. I would not be surprised if he gets some kind of um, some fine or something from the DFB too, because his whole speech about oh the DFB is just trying to get out, trying to get the, trying to get us and blah 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 blah. So uh, I would not be surprised he get a, some kind of a suspension or something out of this. Um, but hey, it is it is going to add to his his rhetoric and our rhetoric saying that you know they're trying to get us rele- relegated. So. Yeah, t- take a look at that highlight when you get a chance. And let oh, me know well. what you think about whether or not I'm, you know, overreacting to that shove. And any listeners out there, let me know if you agree with that or not. Too, I just, I, I think when you when you watch that play again in its entirety, it's pretty obvious that um, his body position is not his fault and is the result of, you know, like I said, a two handed shove from from a Frankfurt player. So, and to call a penalty at the end of the game, the literally the last play of the game is is that's what also sucks too, whether it was a penalty or not. I mean. I, that takes balls. I mean, you know what the what the situation yeah. is for this. Both teams really. Both teams. One team is trying to make you know secure a Champions League spot. The other team is trying to you know avoid relegation. That's such a big call to make. Unless you're 100 percent certain that it's a penalty, even watching VAR, then that's when you call it. You know. Yeah, what I'm hearing. And I'm not advocating for for refs like not making a a decision because it would change the match in a crucial sure, moment. Sure. Like I'm not at, yeah, I'm like, if it's, if it's a foul, it's a foul. And if it's a, you know, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to make that argument, but once again, just like, I, I don't know if, if the view he was looking at was only of the ball headed towards Caligiuri and then like how it interacted with right, him. Right. I don't know. I don't know if he was seeing like those replays or if he actually saw the play in its entirety and, and like, maybe it was cut off before that happened. But I, I mean, like I said, the more I've watched that, the harder I find it to believe that he actually made that decision, um, given given the entirety of the play. But uh, yeah, that's just, I mean that's a I don't know. The VAR was our friend a lot last season, and it's been our friend a couple times this this year. But uh, for the most part, we've gotten the short end of the stick this year, I think. And this was just one more example of it. And uh, you, you just hope it doesn't affect the team too negatively, mentally or emotionally. I doubt it will. Um, but I know that, like, you know, it, as these losses and everything pile up, it just continues to grind you down and grind you down. But I think overall they actually played fairly well this week, all things considered. And uh, they absolutely did enough to, to, to get the draw here, and they should take some um, some heart from that and uh, use that 
to go into the next match in a positive frame of mind. You know the team did well when uh, after the game the cor- the the Nord Corv sang to them, uh, applauded them, and cheered them on because you know they want to see at least fight. They want to see you fight. If you're going yeah. losing three nothing, four nothing, you know that you're not trying in those games. Um, they had every right to earn a point in that game, and and they just got gypped at the end. And and the fans appreciate that, and they showed that uh, at the end of the game. And so, um, a tough, tough, bitter way to lose, um, especially you know with, uh, with it seemed like everybody else in the league was drawing on on Saturday at least. Um, the only team that didn't play yet was Augsburg. They would play high, Hoffenheim on Sunday. So at that point in the game, uh, if we look at the table um, after the match, Schalke remained in 14th place on 26 points. Um, they were still, you know, with Stuttgart getting a point with a draw, they were now five points above them, above the relegation zone, I should say, the last relegation spot. Um, Eintracht remain in, in fourth, and, and they actually kind of distanced themselves from Gladbach at this point. Um, the top four also did change because the Klassiker, as Phil Bonnie said, changed to Dermassiker. Um, Bayern won 5 nothing, so they took the lead over Dortmund in the table, uh, 64 points, and then Dortmund at 63. Leipzig is at 55 at third, so... Um, yeah, the big game that we were wondering now is like, this is the wrong time of year to again to lose points, all points, let alone three. Uh, let, you know, we, should, we thought we had to draw on this one, but um, we were wondering what was going to happen with that Hoff, Hoffenheim Augsburg match because the uh, way Augsburg has been playing lately and the way our luck's been re- playing lately, they would have either got a draw or, or a win. Um, but fortunately for us, Hoffenheim came to play. Uh, they won four nothing, and so the table Augsburg remains below us in the table. So we got a little cushion there, at least with another team in between us and Stuttgart. So um, it's getting it's getting tight there. But uh, our next game is a big game with another another relegation six pointer. It's Nuremberg and Schalke on on Friday uh, Friday evening Friday night. So um, big big match. Um, you would think that we'd be the favorites, but I mean, right now it's probably 50-50 if you're looking at it, uh, the way the forms are going right now. Um, let me ask you this, because I asked this to a couple people at the bar. Uh, Stuttgart right now hold the last uh, relegation playoff spot. Um, if it were come down to playoff spot, a relegation playoff matchup, right, who would you think would have a better chance in that playoff match? Would it be a Stuttgart versus a, a Svite Bundesliga team, or do you think it would be Schalke and a Svite Bundesliga team? I've been saying this for a couple weeks but i i really wouldn't back us in a relegation playoff game just because i feel like the pressure on schalke would be significantly more than it would be on stuttgart um stuttgart's been relegated recently obviously they don't want to go down and this is a club that at times has been one of the better teams in the Bundesliga. but i think the prospect of relegation for schalke is a much bigger deal this season than it is for stuttgart um and i just i mean the way our offense has been going and everything, yeah, I, I just I would not. I don't want us to get into 16th place because I don't think we're going to win. I think if we finish in 16th, we're probably going down. So that's why last weekend's results, um, opening up that six-point gap over Stuttgart was so huge, and it's only down to five because we got luckily with uh, the couple results here. But I mean, like, and going going along with this real quick, I mean, uh, something I wanted to talk about the Frankfurt match. Yes. Uh, I was looking at XG stats. There was a post that got put out that was going around Twitter. Schalke's uh, expected goals from open play. So this is not their total XG for the match, okay. but just from open play, 0.03. Ooh. Oh, that's low. Is that a record low? It's, it's like non-existent. It is. Like, I mean, it's that, that's awful. And I'm not saying every match is like that, but like this is the kind of stuff that, like this is a, just a demonstration of the, what you and I have been talking about for so long. So this team offensively just has no idea what it's doing. Um, and then the goal we scored in this Frankfurt match was kind of like a broken playoff. I had a rebound off of a, you know, a free kick from the side. So once again, it's like set pieces is how we get set, like, you know, counterattacks or set pieces. Like we just cannot break teams down in normal situations. And uh, I mean, you know, if you have a team who's getting 0. 0.3, 0. 0.03, sorry, XG in open play, you expect them to win a playoff game. Like where are those goals going to come from, dude? I mean, I don't yeah, know. Unless you're know. unless you're banking on us to go 120 into penalties or something like that, but uh, yeah, let, let's hope we don't fall into 16th place. I mean, if you disagree with me, feel free. If you think if you're more confident in us, I just think you know the, the the pressure the players have been under would be tenfold if we got to that point. I don't know if they'd be able to handle it. Well, since you asked, no, I'm I I I agree 100 percent with you. Um, you know. I would not back us in any relegation playoff relegation playoff fight at this moment. Um, Stuttgart they've been in the fight all season long, so I, I could I could see how they would 
uh, could do well in that kind of atmosphere. But I don't think you know every challenge that we face here at the end of the season, we've uh, we've come on the short end of the stick. So I don't I, I don't feel confident that we would uh, do well, and uh, I would I would resign to being relegated at that point. Um, so let's hope we don't get to that that, that position. Um, so we, I mentioned we have a relegation six pointer up ahead. It's Nuremberg this weekend or this Friday, I should say. Uh, it is a big game now. Uh, the match in the in the in the, in the beginning part of the season, we uh, it was one of our better results of the season, five two victory. Um, we looked uh, okay. We looked good. We scored goals, right? We scored like half our goal goal output at that point. Um, but uh, things have changed since there. Obviously, uh, Nuremberg's still at the bottom of the table, giving up a tremendous amount of goals, but they've actually been playing uh, pretty tight defensively. Um, if you go back all the way to February 18th and, and going onward, they tied Dortmund 0-0. They lost to Dusseldorf 2-1. Leipzig, they lost 1-0. Uh, they lost by 1 to Hoffenheim. Uh, they beat, uh, actually, sorry, they lost to Eintracht 1-0. Uh, Augsburg, they beat 3-0, who were in the relegation fight, and then they drew Stuttgart this weekend. So, um, they're not playing as bad as they had been in the previous uh, in the beginning of the season, so um, this is going to be it's going to be more difficult than we expected. I mean, we you know Dusseldorf we we played really well you know a couple times a season, and then the third time they they took it to us. So, what do you think this game is going to turn out to be like? Yeah, I would hope we'd be able to get it done. Um, we got it done against Hanover, even though it wasn't pretty, and I think you would back us to be the favorite in this one as well. But uh, I mean, it's it's a match that means a both a ton for both clubs, as you said. It's a relegation six pointer, and uh, you're right. I mean, they have they have been playing a little bit better recently. They haven't been getting blown out as much as they had earlier in the season. Um, and you know, with, with Schalke's offensive struggles, if they've been putting in improved, improved defensive performances, then maybe this game's going to be closer than you would expect. But uh, yeah, I would I would hope we'd be able to get it done. I, I think we're the favorites for sure. It's um you know one of the big one of the one of the best moments of that first game was was the fans right the whole crowd at Veltins Arena we just got together and there's one big unanimous uh, choreography yeah, yeah the big T phone I mean, that was yeah that was maybe cool. we, we're obviously gonna probably see that in this game here but you, you know you think they're they're Might friendly be a little bit less friendly at this point given the situation but well I was gonna say you know since we're friendly maybe they're gonna let us you know get us off the hook and let us uh, not be relegated and let us just win the game and be friendly with it and shake hands after the game. I'm sure the DFE would love that, wouldn't they? <laughs> both get, both get uh, dock points for that, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe if they were like 10 points down or something, but they're, they're only four points off of 16, so they're within striking distance here. Don't give Still them all. They're not yeah, going to. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to see both of us go, so I mean, that's, I'm just looking at it from a friendly perspective here. I don't yeah. Know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be. It's a big game, no matter what. It's, it's a it's a relegation six pointer, as we've been saying, and it doesn't get any easier after that for us. Um, looking at the schedule, right after the Nuremberg match, uh, we got Hoffenheim and then Dortmund uh, before uh, rounding out the season with the last three games. So it's gonna get really difficult here. This is a must win, Jack, because not many people are gonna back us to win those two next games, um, especially the way Hoffenheim dismantled Hoffenheim and um yeah. I mean, uh, Augsburg and then Dortmund is Dortmund. Exactly. So you have you have to find a way to get points against the teams below you because the schedule that we have with the, you know, a lot of the remaining teams, you know, Frankfurt we just played, Hoffenheim, Dortmund, you don't expect us to pick up any points in those ones. So it makes those those relegation six pointers all the more crucial because you know you're not probably picking up points outside of them. So um, no pressure, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, gotta get a result on Friday. Hopefully, more than just a point two. Gotta get all three, um, and that would uh, that would continue to give us a little bit of cushion, and hopefully, we'd be able to. Um, hopefully, that would see us through Hoffenheim and Dortmund, even if we did lose both of those games without us uh, changing our position in the table too much or falling into sixteenth. Wow, one hundred percent. And so, um, you know, before we get out of here, there is um, I do want to talk about um. A guy who was uh, almost relegated to the, the reserve squads uh, for the U23 team, but Nabil Bentaleb, he is back with the uh, with the with the first team. Uh, it's a good sign because we need a playmaker like him. Like he, he's one of one of our better ones, and so it's it's a great time to put him back in the game. Um, I would say start him against Nuremberg. Let him release that anger out on them, and you know pull out like you know two assists and two goals or something like that. Yeah, Bentaleb getting back to the. Uh... The senior team is big. Uh, this little stint he's had with the U23s, I mean, like, 
I know there's been disciplinary issues all season, and it's it's a hard position to be in as a manager um, when things are going poorly. Like you need to establish some sort of like law and order, but at the same time, like you can't jeopardize the performances on the field. Yeah. Um, and Ben Taleb, I mean, now to be fair, Mascarell, Serdar have stepped up in recent weeks and have put in some good performances, and so it's it's looking a little bit less important that Ben Taleb come back than it was previously but i mean still like i'd rather have bentleb on the field than rudy um and uh you know i'd probably still rather have bentleb on the field than, than serdar potentially um so yeah that, that'll be that'll be massive to have him back and hopefully uh there's no more shenanigans before the end of the year and he's able to stay in the first team for the remainder and uh do some good work for us I would love to see uh, Serdar keep his space or keep his spot in the team and uh, bring in Bentaleb and bring in Katuchu as well. I think he deserves a, a spot. We need some uh, youth injection in there as well. So um, yeah, I, I would love to see like Imbolo and Katuchu up top with a midfield three of Mascarell to six, Bentaleb and Serdar opposite each other with the wingbacks pushing up. Yep. Um, you know, as long as McKenney's not going to be um, healthy for us, that's kind of the, the starting squad I'd like to see um, this Friday and going forward. Yeah, I'm with that. You know, there's speed there. There's um, there's guys who are willing to attack the defense, and that's a, that's a big. And you got two playmakers back there with a guy who's been getting better and better at the sixth position. So, um, and hopefully, you know, Caligiri has got the energy to keep you know marauding down that right flank, and Chipka will hopefully get some nice crosses in as well. So, um, yeah, I like that. I like that shot for for a starting lineup for Nuremberg. So, uh, and then going forward as well. So, um. Anything else, Jack, you want to touch touch base on before we head on out? I don't think so. I'm good. All right. Well, I think on that note, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, thanks for you watching on uh, Twitch here. We're doing this live. So uh, uh, if, if you're not, if you're just hearing this on the podcast, uh, you missed out on uh, Jack and I drinking uh, during the show. Why would you want to miss that? You know, <laughs> we're not drunk. I swear. Um, I want to, you know, I want to thank uh, the city of Columbus and also for the Germania Society Club of, of Columbus for hosting the event, as well as Schalke. Um, they put on, they all put on a wonderful display this uh, this past weekend. Uh, I had a lot of fun, met some great people. Uh, I want to give a thanks to uh, the six one Schalke 04 at this uh, the Schalke fan club in Columbus. I also want to give a shout out to Brian and Brian. Uh, those guys, uh, uh, I met them over at the at the bar. It was a lot of fun meeting them, and uh, hopefully their uh, Schalke converters going on forward. Jack, I'm just trying to recruit as many fans as possible. What do you think? What it's all about, man. Got to grow their profile here in the U.S. That's what it's all about. Um, I also want to give a shout out to NBC4 Nashville. You're always a close friend of, to the show and give us great tidbits. <laughs> as always. Uh, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? J.M. Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N. On Twitter, send us your questions every week. Y'all been slacking on that recently. Come on, man. Let, let, let us know what you want to hear us speak to. Um, lots to talk about at this point in the year for sure. So uh, toss me what you think you're, what our starting lineup should be if you're listening to this. Toss, toss me what you think the starting lineup should be going on. Um, I, I mentioned uh, – I failed to mention Stan Bully a minute ago. Maybe you put Stan Bully in the six instead of Mascara. I'd love to see everyone's preferred – 11 for the last couple matches of the season here's a you know you mentioned twitter questions there was a question a couple weeks ago that we never did get to and, and you know we're interrupting the closing here but who cares um we get from knights of ren uh it's at leaf sin6 he asked star wars fan that's right he asked would you be okay if mark uth never plays a game for us again maybe send him <laughs> off maybe well yeah, this is the best part maybe send him off to max meyer island what are your thoughts jack Max Meyer Island, uh, I'm assuming that means... Uh, Crystal Palace? <laughs> yeah, that island up there in the north. Uh, um, <laughs> ah, I mean, he's another one that's been really disappointing this season. There's been brief stretches where you feel like he's about to turn the corner and get it going, but he really hasn't. And, um, you know, supposedly had some disciplinary issues as well, along with a couple other guys. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel. I don't want to. I don't want to, like, make a bunch of decisions about... Who's in and who's out going into next year? Give I'm, another more shot. I'm more concerned with us just rallying and, uh, you know, everyone getting on the same page and trying to do as much as possible to avoid relegation. That's all we can focus on for the next couple of weeks. So those those questions are questions for um, the off season for me. Yeah. Um, number one objective is avoid relegation. And then, you know, after we avoid relegation in the off season, I say give another chance, bring in, bring in an offensive-minded manager 
and then see what he can do then, right? Give him a, give him another opportunity. I say give Rudy another opportunity, even though I'm kind of on the fence of that one. But definitely Uth, I'd give him an opportunity. And then if he doesn't uh, pan out by you know January, then you send him off to the island. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt our, our closing um, once again. Uh, but uh, speaking of, of of managers, there was another rumor that was going around this week. Uh, obviously, we were linked with Marco Rose previously, and then yeah, uh, Robert Schmidt potentially. But um, uh, Bubic, uh, former longtime assistant to right hand man to uh, Jurgen Klopp. There's now been yeah. some rumors that we're talking with him, which would be a very interesting hire. Um, I, I don't know if I like our squad composition at the moment for the kind of style of football you would imagine we'd be playing under him if he became the manager because it, I, I don't think we're built to do that Klopp pressing style um, as, as much at the moment, but that would be a very interesting hire if that took place. So uh, we'll be watching that story and the whole manager conversation with, with great interest as well. I my first instant when I first heard that, I said, "Oh, that's great." But then I was like, "I don't know too much about the assistant. Has he managed anywhere that we can we can draw from other than being assistant for Jurgen?" I mean, no, yeah. So he, I don't think he's ever been the guy, quote unquote. But Tedesco hadn't been either. Um, but he, I think he's been True. with Klopp like since Mainz and then Dortmund and then Liverpool as well. So he definitely has more uh, senior level coaching experience than Tedesco had a lot more than that. Um, you know, not as the main guy, the manager, but um, I mean, he's been he's been a long time with, with Jurgen Klopp, so I think he's probably more than qualified, and it's about time he probably got a shot somewhere. So that'd be interesting. Hmm, some of that heavy metal gagan pressing at Chalka, huh? That could uh, bring back the glory days of with uh, Huntelaar and uh, Raúl, huh? I got a little bit of a Klopp look going on here right now myself. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh man, very good. Well. J- as always, you know, my co-host Jack Mangan, and I am your host, Richard Carman. You can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N on the Twitter sphere and pretty much anywhere on social media. So uh, thank you once again for checking out our podcast uh, on Twitch and on, and on SoundCloud, iTunes, and all the, all the streaming services. Uh, make sure you tune in next week, and uh, we'll speak to you then. Shoos. Shoos.